0: Welcome to Locally Sourced Joey. It's March, which means it is the best time of the year because we have March Madness right around the corner. And March Madness, when I think of the term, I think Chris Hayes, who is making his record... What is this, fifth appearance on the podcast?
1: Uh, has to be by now. Um, I mean, we're half a decade into this, and I've still yet to pick, I think, even close to any of the right Final Fours. So here we go. This is the year.
0: Yeah, I was thinking back to the... Uh, the last time I even picked a, a champion correctly, um, and I did get 2013 Louisville, but outside of that, I legitimately cannot remember a time I picked the champion correctly, so we're hoping this is the year.
1: The only one, and it's pretty recent, that I picked correctly, uh, In actually I went back-to-back two years, which was pretty cool, um, but it was only a few years ago when Mello uh, led Syracuse to the national championship. So uh, I think uh, my knowledge of picking college basketball games peaked when I was a freshman in high school. So (laughs) um, that's pretty cool. And then I picked the Maryland team the year before that as well. So I was on a pretty good hot streak, and I have lived out that hot streak ever since.
0: Very nice, very nice. I guess I I also picked Florida correctly the year they went back-to-back, but that one felt like cheating because it's it's the same team coming back, and I'm like, they'll probably win again. Yeah. It was great. So we'll go... Round by round, or not round by round, uh, region by region, and uh, chat about some teams that we got. Why not? I don't think there were any snubs this year because Syracuse is terrible. Illinois State, sorry you didn't beat anyone. That's really it, right? Cal and I. Uh, I don't even know who the yeah. other top seed. Illinois in the State NIC was is. the yeah. only
1: one where you're just going, man. Something like a Vanderbilt getting in over them just seems ridiculous. But I think this whole thing for Syracuse is absurd. I know they won a bunch of good games at home. What was it? Three top ten wins uh, at home. But if you can't win on the road at all, you're not a good team. Um, and I just think I think it was the right call by the by the selection committee this year of not bringing them in.
0: Yeah, two and eleven away from the Carrier down. It's not gonna get it done. And no. I, I just like the uh, the sense of humor that the selection committee, which also puts together the NIT, I believe, I. I just like the the sense of humor they have in pitting Syracuse against UNC Greensboro in the first round uh, a week after Jim Boeheim basically trashed the city and said there's no value to playing the ACC tournament in Greensboro so love that little uh, little dig there can,
1: can the selection committee also stop lying about how they don't really think about that they absolutely think about
0: Oh that. for sure and I mean you see this it in the tournament too like Kentucky North at this Kentucky point, that they still
1: yeah. Are saying no? We don't think about that. We just put the two teams together and go from there. I'm like no, you think about this, and it's obvious.
0: Yeah, Florida State, Florida Gulf Coast in Orlando. Come on. Yeah, it doesn't happen by accident.
1: Yeah. Uh, when we get into the Gonzaga region, um, I got one there for you too that they definitely thought of. Um, so anyway, I'm ready. Lovely. I'm ready to get my knowledge.
0: Love the hand clap. Love it. Uh, so let's start. <laughs> let's start in the east, the top left of the bracket. This is the Villanova region. You've got Duke as the two seed, who is actually currently the favorite uh, in Las Vegas, thanks to their recent ACC tournament run, and becoming the first five seed in the ACC tournament history to win the tournament, which is a little fun fact I heard at the start when they said no five seed has ever won. And I was like, watch Duke win it, and, and then there they went. Did not know that. Yeah. I did not know it was that. Little, it was I, a little fun impressive. fact for you.
1: Also, I forgot that they were a five seed. So, I mean, anyway, my feeling on Duke, just to hop right into it, because I know you had something, but I need to get this out. Absolutely. I feel that they should, one, have never been considered for a one seed. I think they just got a good stretch of games in at one time, and their whole body of work has shown how inconsistent they are. Um, And I think they're going to actually do... I I was on this back and forth a little bit of how they're going to do in this run. Um, I first had them losing early, uh, not over Troy, but against like a Marquette or South Carolina. And then I thought about Marquette and South Carolina. And I thought, nah, not really. I think it'll get up for a Baylor game, but then finally lose to uh, Nova down the road. So pretty much that gives away my entire bracket uh, (laughs) on the east side. But, you know, that's how I'm being efficient this year.
0: Very nice. Very nice. I like it. Uh, This is probably my most ridiculous region um, because I'm going pretty... Heavy upset, I would say. I Marquette, I think, is a might even be favorite against South Carolina. So I don't know how much of an upset that is, but I like both UNC Wilmington and East Tennessee State to knock off Virginia and Florida, respectively. Uh, it's I'm a little more confident in the Seahawks, uh, UNC Wilmington, because they turn the ball over fewer times per possession than any other team in Division 1, and Virginia's strength lies in forcing turnovers, forcing those bad shots. UNC Wilmington also hits 37% of their threes, and I promise I won't have great stats like this for every team, but I really like the Seahawks. So I think uh, Virginia, I mean we saw it in the Miami game, they played an overtime game against the Canes and had 48 points, Uh, and that's not... a that's not a good scoring rate at all. And it's been kind of the, the story for Virginia is that they've always been a solid defensive team, but the the offense just hasn't been there for most of the season. I think if that continues, then UNC Wilmington has a, a great shot to knock them off. And Florida yeah. is more in the sense of uh, they're missing John Igbunu, who is their big old center that kind of locked down the defense. Uh, and with him out, Florida just really hasn't been... Uh, the same team he has, he's not a tremendous offensive scorer but just his presence down though i think would normally give east tennessee state some trouble but with him not there i like the buccaneers
1: um i think that i i was going back and forth on both of those because i do like unc and everything i've read about eastern tennessee state because i have yet to see a single game they played all year fair and i'll probably only watch about five minutes of the last part of them playing against florida um I definitely uh, changed it this morning where I'm going with UVA and Florida. Uh, I like Florida just being a a pseudo-home game for them. Um, I just think that that's going to be a big part of it where they're just going to have a pretty big crowd there uh, that's going to help carry them out of there. And I just think UVA is, while they've struggled, like you said, trying to score the ball, they are a pretty good tournament team um, over the past few years. And I think just that get them into the round of 32 against Florida, and then I have Florida moving on against that. But, you know, that's where we disagree.
0: That's fair. And one other spot where we disagree, too, is you had Duke over Baylor. I have SMU over Duke making it into the Elite Eight. I think SMU's just been criminally underrated all year. I don't know if maybe I'm putting too much stock in the American Athletic Conference, but... I've just really liked what they see, and a little, a uh, little hot story for line for you there. I am so bad at pronouncing his name, even though I hear it all the time. But semi on SMU, former Duke transfer. Now he's on the Mustangs. He's gonna help those ponies like, run <laughs> over those blue devils.
1: Yeah, I, I might, I, you might convince me to actually change the SMU to playing Duke, but I think. I don't know. I think Duke still kind of stays hot a little bit, and then they run into the buzz saw That's Nova. I saw Nova play this year against Georgetown, and they looked really good, and they look good at the right time. Um, they just played defensively well. I mean, what we talked about with Virginia, of what Virginia does mm-hmm. well on defense, Nova does, but then can also just get out and score on teams. The amount of turnovers they force against, yes, a bad Georgetown team, but you could see... Why they were the number one team and Georgetown was not very easily. And then yeah. Georgetown didn't even get close to putting up a fight.
0: Georgetown's very bad. I, I have to give a shout out to the uh ESPN Bubble Watch, which starting February, i uh, basically looks at all the teams on the bubble and gives you like their little synopses. And Georgetown hung around for a week or two and then after they lost to DePaul, the yeah. uh the the watch made a whole thing of like how Georgetown's like the Kid at a college party who shows up uninvited and drinks all the beer and like breaks something before he leaves and and then does something like truly awful and then finally gets gets escorted out and the the truly awful was losing to DePaul so good, <laughs> glad to see that from you know a lot of my friends went to DePaul since I grew up in the Chicago area and glad to see that since the the Wilson Chandler days of the late two thousands they've really gone downhill from there and get like two uh, conference wins a, a season not very strong. So, you have Villanova coming out of this one. It yeah, Nova, like...
1: Nova to the uh, Final Four.
0: We in are in We are in agreement there, so let's move on to the West region, heading down the bracket. This is the West Coast bracket, essentially, which is why it's probably called the West, uh, with Gonzaga, Arizona, St. Mary's, and those are really the three main teams that are on the West Coast, but those are three of the most important teams. <laughs> and then a couple teams, Florida teams. <laughs> for yeah, and a couple <laughs> Florida teams, for good measure. Playing in Orlando, which is why these uh, these regions are always a little confusing for the early rounds because they refer to the the regionals as opposed to the uh, you know the the early rounds. But yeah, Florida State, and Florida Gulf Coast, the Orlando matchup. You said you had another one in here, another uh, another game in this region. That's kind of the committee uh, giving a little. Okay, so uh, this wink-wink. one
1: is the Northwestern uh, Gonzaga theory, and being a PTI follower that I am. <laughs> Uh, Wilbon had always kind of been ripping on Zaga and everyone knows who watches PTR follows Mike Wilbon that he's a big Northwestern guy. So I think they put Northwestern at the 8th seed against a bad Vanderbilt team. So Northwestern has a good chance to win that game and Gonzaga wins. So you get the Mike Wilbon uh, National Championship in the round of 32, uh, Gonzaga versus Northwestern. So that's, that's my theory on what the selection committee did there. That's the only reason why I think, one, Vanderbilt made it and why Vanderbilt got put against a Northwestern team that could have also been a nine seed. Huh. I like the little so, theory. I don't
0: know if Vanderbilt's that, that bad, though.
1: You're not going to get better analysis than that on that's, those two games right there that's about what terrific, the selection yeah. committee was thinking. And I know it. I don't have any <laughs> facts that I can send you to, but I know it to be a fact.
0: My is conspiracy theory. I love it. Slash so, Mike Wilbon. We'll give him some credit as well for the theories. I, and,
1: yeah. and I think that the refs are going to make sure that both those teams win that game so the NCAA is happy. That also. So I'm just going to get really reckless here and accuse uh, the NCAA of fixing some of their tournaments.
0: <laughs> it's only the first round. It's fine. doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Vanderbilt getting in with a record 15 losses, the most an at-large team has ever had. I don't know, man. I I still think they might be okay. They might be an okay team. I have Northwestern in that game, but Vanderbilt. I mean, they swept Florida in three games, so maybe it's just a case of they're just great against one team. But they've uh, they've certainly come around from when they were. I think they were eight and ten at one point in the season, and to to go eleven and five over your last sixteen is pretty solid. Uh, yeah, even in a down SEC. But I'm a root for the Wildcats just because. Hey, that's like ten minutes from where I grew up, so gotta gotta represent. And I also think they're a better team, but I don't know if Vanderbilt is as bad as you think they are, but hey, this could be like a 78-50 game. I, yeah, exactly. I randomly put a lot of stock in Vanderbilt one year when they were a four seed, and uh, they lost to Siena by 21 points, if I recall correctly. This is maybe like 08.
1: Yeah I, remember that. yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, it
0: was real bad, real bad. Um, so how about the, uh, the rest of this bracket here? How does it shake out for you?
1: Uh, so i'm trusting notre dame at this point they continually keep doing well over the last couple of years in the ncaa tournament every time i want to write them off and say that they're not going to be very good or they just had kind of a good run in the acc tournament they actually uh do a good job of moving on so i have them all the way to the elite eight Ooh. Uh, against yeah i got them upset and zag the zags and uh uh, making it all the way against Arizona, so that's a little taste of what happens down at the bottom part of that bracket. Uh, like you had the crazy upsets in the East, I actually have a little bit more crazy upsets uh, in the West here. With I think Xavier is a much better team uh, than an 11th seed. Uh, also seeing them play this year, and I, you know, they're a team that beat Georgetown, uh, where uh, pretty handily, where Maryland barely. Was able to, and again. Oh, the, end the, of of the, the end of that game. The end of that Maryland
0: Georgetown game was so so bad. It was great. The like foul on like a, a pass like eighty feet from the basket. <laughs> that was, oh,
1: yeah, that's good time. So, <laughs> so it was it was a pretty crazy game. And again, it's the beginning of the season, a little bit different. But I think Xavier's a lot better than uh, what they're being given right now at eleven seed. So I see them beating Maryland. Um, I think FSU is also pretty overrated in their bracket. Um, I know they have a lot of talent this year. I know they, you know, have a team that's probably their best team in many years since, you know, for pretty much, I think, most of Leonard Hamilton's entire career. But at the same time, I think that you got a game in Orlando, Florida, that is going to be packed Florida State, Florida Gulf Coast fans. uh, I do think it's going to get chippy. I think it's going to be a very similar like FIU Miami where it's, you know, from a while back in football mm-hmm. where you have a, a team in Florida that's trying to prove itself against one of the big powers. So I see that actually going Florida Gulf Coast way and an Xavier-Florida Gulf Coast matchup in the round of 32.
0: And who you have winning that one? You I got you the
1: then moving on oh, a little baby. bit more magic like oh, a few years ago against Sona.
0: Which I believe that would be the first fourteenth seed to ever make the sweet sixteen. I'm not don't quote me on that, but I believe that's that's never happened. It maybe has. I don't know. I can't think of one. But Florida yeah. Gulf Coast the only fifteen seed to do it, so why not why not be the only fourteen seed to do it? I don't have that, but I would love to see it. I I yeah. I have Florida State making the sweet sixteen. I do have Xavier beating Maryland. I agree with you. I even even with the injuries that they've had. Maryland or but Xavier has had Maryland's just been so inconsistent all year, and I I do believe Xavier is favored favored in that game. So we'll have to see if that comes to fruition. But we're both picking the X. Also, I just like writing. I, I still fill out a paper bracket, just uh, you know, in addition to all of the the uh, fifty thousand leagues I do online. Apparently, um, but I think you and my mom are the
1: only ones to still do that. It's, it's yeah, but it's like it's nice great. to
0: see it, and I like writing the giant X for, for Xavier. So. <laughs> I that's that's a dumb thing, but I enjoy it quite a bit. I, I I also am waffling on Notre Dame. I do think, yeah, like they do always bite me now that I, after after consistently believing in them and they fail in the first round. Now it's I don't trust them, and then they make the elite eight, and I I could yeah I could either see them losing to Princeton or making it to the elite eight. So. I, That's what I think. Yeah. I
1: think my call on that is they either lose to Princeton or they make the Elite Eight. No in-between.
0: Yeah, so I have them losing to Princeton and then West Virginia advancing beyond there. And and could also see West Virginia knocking off Gonzaga, but I, I have the Zags sneaking through uh, just because I'm still salty for West Virginia ruining my bracket last year along with Michigan State. F both y'all. Um, but... <laughs> They, uh, I I think West Virginia is a little bit of a better team this year. But that Bucknell Bucknell is a great team, but I think West Virginia is a, a bad matchup for them. So I think they'll they'll sneak through there and then have uh have Zona emerging out of this. Which it sounds like that's, you probably do too. <laughs>
1: that's what I do too. I got No and Zona, so we're both right in the uh, same wheelhouse right now. Boom. This is just like last
0: year when we had two of the same team or all four of the same teams, I think, right? And then we uh or at least three out of the four and then Yeah. Got, like, none, right? It was great. Except yeah, Oklahoma. She to to it. It, and, yeah. you know, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Shouldn't have been in the tournament. It's great. Not better. <laughs> not better. All right, let's move over to the South region. Actually, you know what? Since I'm looking at this and they have the first four, let's get your first four picks just for fun. Ooh.
1: USC and Wake Forest.
0: Nice. I'm going Providence and Kansas State. <laughs>
1: Boom, finally, we disagree on Excellent. something like that. Excellent.
0: What about your uh, your uh, 16 seeds there? I do you not know anything Ooh, about them?
1: Totally forgot about those. Uh, <laughs> don't care uh, and won't watch any of those games.
0: I like so, on this side. Uh, boom. <laughs> that's fair. I like on the, the Villanova, the team they'll play is either Miss Mary or No, which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll take Mount St. Mary's in that one and UC Davis just because I've been to uh, – couple other uc campuses and they're pretty nice and i think that's a little nicer than north carolina no offense to there you go and see boom analysis all right it's a so, way of living yeah it's, it's wonderful also i i probably should pick usc because that's where my sister went to college but i just don't think they're a good team so that's why providence gets it because they sometimes are a good team usc is not ever and uh, in that South region, North Carolina, number one seed again after making it to the NCAA championship game last year. This is really the blue blood conference because you've got Kentucky as a two seed, UCLA as a three seed. I'm going to throw a butler in that conversation because they're always a, a March Madness stalwart. At that is my,
1: that's my sexy team right ooh, now. It's going to make some noise. Yeah,
0: and then you've also got yeah. Cincinnati, who's usually a, a pretty solid uh, March Madness participant. And you've got some great comeback stories with Minnesota having won eight games last year, and they're all of a sudden a five seed. Seton Hall was pretty trash for a little while until they made the tournament last year, continuing that success this time around. Of course, Wichita State is everyone's darling of, uh, you know, were they almost snubbed last year? And this year it looked like it was going to be the same thing until they they got the automatic bid. So lots of intrigue here, and uh, I think a couple of uh, juicy upsets that that may be in the making. But let's hear your analysis first. All
1: right. Uh, I do not trust UNC this year, uh, but I do trust them enough to make it to the Sweet 16. Uh, But I'm in love with Butler. Um, I think that their wins against Novus is a lot. I mean, one, it's what we talked about with Vanderbilt, um, but instead of Vanderbilt beating a Florida team that's not that great, Uh, you're beating the number one team in this tournament twice. I think there's a lot to be said about that and with a team that's only lost three times. So, you know, they've gone against what is, you know, deemed as the best in this tournament um, and is beaten the best, uh, you know, not just once on a kind of a fluke game or anything like that, but multiple times. So I see them uh, taking on Minnesota and then taking on UNC and getting all the way to the Elite Eight, uh, but my other one, and if these two teams weren't in the same bracket, I'd uh, put them separately in the final four is I think UCLA is just going to get hot this year. Um, you know, I think they've just you know, all the focus around ball out there and you know what he's doing and his dad, which is a whole other topic. But I think that guy, um, going to help that team uh, do pretty well. And, you know, it, it seems like from what I've watched, well I don't know much exactly about what they can do. Uh, it seems like they've got some guys that can get hot at the right time, and you know, just be able to score when they, you know, they need to do that.
0: Excellent. It's it's kind of funny that UCLA is in this bracket. they're, you know, maybe play at the fastest pace of uh, any team in Division One, and so many other teams play at this slow, plotting, disgusting to watch pace, like Cincinnati, Kansas State, Middle Tennessee. Uh, just so many, you know, so many slow. Keep the keep the score in the 60s, and UCLA is like, nah, let's get 100. So, I uh, I actually agree with you. UCLA is my pick out of this region, and cool. I I I also am a big fan of Butler. Uh, I have them taking out Middle Tennessee in the second round, which might be my upset special for this whole bracket. Is I think uh, Minnesota is wildly overvalued as a five seed, despite you know a good turnaround, but they had a stretch in the middle of the Big Ten where they just I believe they lost five out of six, maybe even six out of seven, uh, and just didn't look like a great basketball team. And I don't think they ever really bounced back from that, but they had such a strong start to the season that it didn't hurt their seating that much. But Middle Tennessee, I mean, we heard all about them last year when they knocked off Michigan State and wrecked brackets in the process, including both of ours. And yep. uh, it's, it's essentially the same team coming back and getting... Uh, you know, getting that experience last year, I think, only helps them. And they also simultaneously score very well in transition. I'll give you another stat. 1.18 points in transition, which is among the uh, upper Ooh. echelons in NCAA Division One. But at the same time, they also play at one of the slowest paces in the league, the 320th out of 351 teams. And so... Essentially, what that means is they're going to slow it down. But if there is an opportunity for transition, they're great at converting it, uh, which is not always the case for a lot of college teams. I don't know how many times during the uh, the conference tournaments that I'd see a team just you know appear to have a, a two on one, three on one, sometimes even like a two on 0 break and just blow the layup or you know turn it over on a bad pass. And so, Middleton. I think it's an that.
1: absolute epidemic in college basketball that they just nobody can make a transition. Layup or score in transition anymore. It just seems to either be a turnover or just all, all heck breaks loose. And I know they draw the foul too, which I get, but I think a lot of those are also bailout foul calls. I've seen where I just don't really trust it. And I think uh, I think big coaches need to really work on their three on two two on one fast break more. So that's anyway. Get the. Coaches need to be better. Coach that's, that's analysis. my analysis. Coach
0: Hayes analysis. And also, I uh, work on the inbounding. I was thinking, I don't know why this crossed my mind the other day, probably just because it's one of the best meltdowns in any NCAA tournament that I can remember was Northern Iowa last year losing yeah. to Texas A&M when they were up by 12, was it, with 30 seconds left? And I just completely forgot how to inbound the ball. And I remember on the broadcast they were saying how – their one their one ball handler got hurt uh, earlier in the game, like the one inbounder, and they were like, this you know this could come into play down the end. And I'm like, no, nah, they're up 12. Like, surely other people know how to inbounds the ball, and the answer, they did not. the The end result was that they did not know how to inbound the ball, and uh, they got a crazy loss like that. So we'll see if we see any of these things in this tournament. But love Middle Tennessee as an upset, and. This is the reason I'm picking Kansas State tonight. If they win, I really like them to knock off Cincinnati because they play kind of at that same slow, bruising pace, uh, whereas Wake Forest gets out and tries to just outscore you sort of along the UCLA lines, although at the same time a Wake Forest-UCLA mashup in round two could be very fun, but I, I don't think Wake Forest could beat Cincinnati if they were to meet, um, but I do like Kansas State to do it, if they do.
1: I got Wake Forest winning that Kansas State game, and I got Wake Forest winning that, uh, Cincinnati Ooh. game to take on UCLA. Excellent. So I think uh, that that what's his name, the freshman. I know this is really good analysis that you all want. The what's his name guy, John Collins uh, from from Wake Forest. I think he just plays two good games and carries that team to a, against a really good UCLA team that beats him by fifty.
0: I could see it. I could see it. You have Kentucky and the uh, the Sweet Sixteen as well, or is Wichita going to get some? No, edge? Wichita
1: State Ooh. beating the Flyers, and then I think. Uh, they get their revenge from a couple years ago uh, when Kentucky was the eighth seed and Wichita State was the one seed. I think that game uh, will be obviously very hyped up if it does happen. And I think those players will be, yeah, with uh, Marshall at, at Wichita State, I think does a good job against Kentucky as we've seen in the past. But I think he'll be playing that and just uh, getting those guys ready with a inexperience still. Because, I mean, you have to say that about every Kentucky team that plays in a NCAA tournament. Yeah. That they are always inexperienced in this time. And, yeah, you can trust them on talent, but I think um, they've got, uh, I think that they've got, sorry, one second. Um, I, I, they've got good Put your talent, phone on they, during this? Come on, come on. <laughs> so, anyway, that's what I was trying to say.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I, and this is another example, I think, of the committee doing uh, a little... Little elbow, elbow, wink, wink here with Wichita State, Kentucky as the likely matchup. The Shockers are favored in their game against Dayton, and man, Dayton just getting getting lambasted the last couple of years with a. You know, I mean Syracuse is a ten seed last year. I guess probably was still over but that was just a bad matchup for them. And then we all know what happened. Gross. Yeah. Uh, and also, this is probably not. The committee—they—they they probably did not pay attention to this part at all. But Providence and USC—a rematch from last year
1: when—yeah—Providence
0: won uh, with half a second left, something like that. A second left, maybe. Got a got a dunk on uh, just terrible defense from USC <laughs> after uh, already missing like two or three shots, and then USC knocked it out of bounds. So we'll see if I, that game lives up to the excitement level that the other one did. But
1: that so, is one I actually. I know I said at the beginning that the committee doesn't look at it. That they, I think that they're lying about that. That one, I actually don't think that they knew that that was a matchup. I think they all forget who was in the tournament last year, like most of us do. Yeah. And are like, oh yeah, that did happen. Oh man, that was kind of crazy. We worked out like that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, while I believe that you know, nine, sorry. So I guess I should make it a dead end of what I believe in. Ninety-eight percent of the time, <laughs> they're going for those crazy matchups. But that 2%, they don't know what they're doing when it comes to that.
0: Excellent. Excellent so, analysis. There you go. So we got Nova, Zona, UCLA, one, two, three. Are we picking the four suit in the Midwest? Is it going to be Purdue or is it going to be uh, maybe Kansas at the one or Louisville, two? Oregon, are they still good without Chris Boucher? Is Creighton, who had Final Four aspirations at the start of the season, going to come out? Is Iowa State going to live up to the projection that I had for them two years ago and make the final? There's lots to talk about. What do you got in the Midwest?
1: Uh, I don't know what to think of this bracket. I'm just going to throw out teams because I think this is what they'll do, but I wouldn't be surprised if all the top seeds win and all the top seeds lose at the same time. <laughs> so I, I'm going to trust Kansas, which I always think is risky, just like they are every year, um, especially when they're one seeds, because I think when they're one seeds, they just seem to, those self teams don't seem to play up to the level that they should. Um, but I do have them actually making it all the way to the elite eight. Uh, you know, well, I, I, I love our Hurricanes. Um, one, I'm really terrified about that Michigan State matchup, and two, I don't see Miami having the depth to actually get past a talented number one team. Doesn't matter if it's Kansas or anybody else on this. I just think that they they don't have the depth to get anywhere in this tournament. Um, but at Purdue, moving on, I was thinking maybe that they, you know, Vermont could come in, do well after Stu Gatz's, uh, you know, <laughs> breakdown of Vermont the other day. Uh, but I have actually Nevada beaten Iowa State, um, one of the similar where I think Iowa State is maybe a little higher ranked than they should be. Um, and, and then also Nevada being a little bit uh, lower. They're, they're not ranked as high as they should be. I think they're ranked a little bit lower um as a twelve and could have been easily a ten or so. So I have them winning against Iowa State and then at the bottom, um, while I we talked about the other day of Michigan not really trusting them and I think so their magic was used up in the Big Ten tournament. I got them going against Louisville, but Louisville uh, making their way through this bracket and then making it all the way to the final four.
0: Excellent, excellent. And another there's another matchup potentially Michigan versus Louisville. But I have Oklahoma State winning that game, so we will not see a rematch of the 2013 title game if my bracket is correct. I yeah, I think for the most part I agree, that I don't know what to make of this bracket. I pretty much have, outside of that Oklahoma State game being a, a technical upset, I suppose 10-7s are always kind of a little you know a little less than than some of the crazier ones. I'm also putting a, probably an unhealthy amount of stock in Rhode Island. Who I just essentially made the tournament by winning the Atlantic Ten tournament because they probably would not have even even reaching the title game and then losing to VCU, but going on a run and and uh, making it for the first time since the Lamar Odom days in 1989. Ooh. And I like them to continue it. Creighton has played under 500 since they lost Maurice Watson to an ACL injury, and uh, Oregon lost Chris Boucher, and and I know they have a solid team, but. I, you know, I would have felt a lot better if that injury had happened five to ten games ago, uh, so that they had a little time to kind of get used to it, because they basically had one game in the Pac-10 tournament, and now they'll have, you know, however many practices before their game against Iona, which I think they should handle, but uh, against a, a tough physical Rhode Island team, who knows, that that lack of a second blocker, I'm predi- predicting will be Oregon's undoing, but maybe they'll surprise us all and still, you know, make a magical run.
1: I almost wanted to pick Oregon, even with that injury, to make it up. Again, I don't know. Michigan State, for all we know, could make the uh, uh, Final Four in this bracket with Tom Izzo just being Tom Izzo. Um, But for Rhode Island, uh, I agree with everything. It seems, after watching the A-10 championship the other day, uh, that they're a solid team. But I think they're the ones that everybody's picked to be the darling uh, at the beginning of this tournament, and it's going to be feeling themselves a little bit. So I always, I always think that plays into a little bit of the being around in a locker room before where that's happened, where you're like, oh yeah, we're unbeatable, everybody loves us, TVs are on, everybody's telling how great you are. Um, <laughs> e- even if you do try to block that out, it still, it still creeps in, and I think Creighton um, just is going to get tired of hearing that and blow him out. Not blow him out, but win that game.
0: Excellent. I hope that doesn't happen because that, that would
1: kill the team. But hopefully <laughs> so not. So that could ruin your bracket. It could. But, you know, it
0: could early on. I'm
1: warning you now. I'm warning you now. So when it happens, then you know you you could make the change now. But excellent. You.
0: Yeah, Cre- Creighton is very much a "I live by the three, die by the 3 kind of team. So if they're if they're hitting, then yeah, it's gonna be over probably by halftime. But if they're if they're shooting like uh, my team has been shooting in the rec league I mean, <laughs> formerly played in on monday before fracturing my wrist i i would say rhode island easily wins um although we are undefeated because every other yeah. team is somehow worse than us so that's always good but uh yeah i think as far as upset to really, joey's rec team that's really the main one yeah the bobin fan club yeah uh, hey uh shout out to my reference. rec team we're the number one seed going to
1: the playoffs yeah, nice. Thursday, so that you know Got a lot of talent uh, on this podcast right now.
0: That's a, Yeah, that's a solid... Uh, when we have you back for the, uh, the Sweet 16 analysis, we can get you some...
1: See, oh, you I'll know, get break it down get for an you. Update, I yeah. will break it all down get for you. Get an
0: update of the game. I, this is going to be a bracket where we differ, though, because I do have Kansas in the Final Four, and uh, agree with you. I, I honestly think their, their toughest test will be uh, the Miami-Michigan State winner in Round 2, and... Um, I have Purdue facing Kansas in the Sweet 16. I do like Purdue a lot, but sort of going back to what you had said earlier and that Florida's playing a de facto home game, while I'm still picking East Tennessee there, in this case, the regional in the Midwest is in Kansas City. So Kansas, you know, will have a home game, and we know how tough it is to win against Kansas when they're playing a home game, Uh, and I just don't think Purdue or whoever comes out of the bottom, which I have Louisville, um, but... I don't think either of them can can really make it happen. So
1: I don't want to cross Louisville. I don't think they're a great as good a team as uh, Patino's had before. Um, you know, we've seen them struggle against ACC competition this year. Uh, that's been good and bad. Um, you know, but I again, I just look at more kind of the coach experience and Patino getting those guys. Uh, through the through that side of the bracket like you said with Oregon's injuries Creighton's injuries Michigan being a team you're not really sure uh, if that magic from the big Ten is still gonna linger for another week or